Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we are discussing a whole kind of mishmash of stuff. We are talking about <laughs> our 2022 reading resolutions. And then we are also doing our superlatives episode, which we started last year when we loved and we are doing it again this year. And then we're also going to reflect a little bit, I think, on how our resolutions did from last year that we made. So let's start there. And how did last year's resolutions go for you? Um, pretty terribly because ah! I joined a committee. <laughs> and so all the things I had planned on doing, like uh, reading a, a classic um, by a Black author every month, and, mm-hmm. and um, I had some authors that I wanted to read their, their full catalog, um, and but I, I never finished my book challenges ever, but which I'm fine with. I, mm-hmm. I just like filling stuff out, but I even had to quit filling it out because you know, there just isn't time. No, nope, like, no I time. I kind of didn't believe it when you told me that there's no time to, to like put stuff into Goodreads and, and put things onto spreadsheets, but mm-hmm. there is literally no time. There's no time. And yeah, so, so that went by the wayside. And once I let go of that, like that really, really helped my reading mm-hmm. year because I had just books stacked all over the place that I needed to enter into to, mm-hmm. like spreadsheets and mm-hmm. onto lists and, and mm-hmm. just all these places where I keep records of what I read mm-hmm. and it was it, it I don't know like like mentally crushing to have mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have that many things yeah. to yeah. to do when all you have to do is read and so um so I let that go and it was great I loved it <laughs> that was maybe I think uh at the some at some point when I couldn't walk so so maybe that was sort of the catalyst that I was yeah. I was like oh my gosh I'm surrounded by books everywhere and I can't handle this anymore and mm-hmm. just decided that's that's it mm-hmm. so so I quit that good for you I like a quitter uh <laughs> yeah I mean it's funny so you know listeners I'm sure have a sense that you and I will chit chat ahead of time um, but as we plan out episodes and, and I said something about doing a resolutions episode for this coming year. And you're like, I'm not doing resolutions. I'm on this committee. I was like, now you know how I felt for the last four years. When you would suggest a resolutions episode, I'd be like, well, I don't have anything to talk about because my resolution is to read all these books. <laughs> well, and, and when we were talking about it, I was I was trying to like say it in a tongue in cheek kind of yeah, way. Yeah, no, like, I know. And I know. now I finally understand. I, like you truly, I mean, I were la- like you truly don't understand. I don't think. Like I'm guessing people, first of all, think it sounds super fun, which it is. Um, but also, like it's great. You just have to read a bunch of books. Like what could be better than that? Which is true. But there is definitely a sense of if you have time, you should be reading not necessarily recording or reading, not necessarily, I don't know. I just, it's, it's very, especially towards the end of the year, starting in in November-ish time period. It's like you read, if you have any spare time, you read. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's probably sounds odd to say like you had to let go of even recording stuff, but truly like you do, you just don't have time. So, well, and, and it's, it's, it wouldn't be that bad. It's not that hard to do those kinds of things, but you get a, a little bit behind mm-hmm. and suddenly you're like, oh, wow, this is actually going to take me half an hour right. to, to do this and I need to read. I've got mm-hmm. these deadlines and, and, you know, there's various deadlines throughout the year of mm-hmm. in, in different types of, of judging categories mm-hmm. and also um, the books that we suggest we have to read. And right. so there's just different things that you're, you're like, oh, I've got this on my plate and you just get like even even writing my notes. We you you and I talked about this mm-hmm. where where I was trying to to write out notes about each book so that I could discuss it and like remember things mm-hmm. that I, of, of books that I'd read months and months before. And at a certain point, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind on all of this mm-hmm. that that it's taking away time from mm-hmm. reading. And the reading is the more important part mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to make sure I'm like you know have read the books that I need to discuss. Right. And so and so it's just. Like it's it's so mentally it's so much fun, but it it is like you you're just kind of picking and choosing mm-hmm. like what your priority right, is at right, a certain point. So, right. Um. So yeah, I was I was I was, I did try for the first couple of months of the of the um committee. I did try to listen to mm-hmm. different classics by black authors, and mm-hmm. 
I just, I, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Like, mm. like some of them, there were just things I wanted to sit with a little bit more. Mm-hmm, and a lot mm-hmm. of the books that I had in mind were, were books like, like beloved and things mm-hmm. that, that I know are, would be fine to listen to, but I wanted more of that, like right. reflection experience right. and, and even, you know, underlining things and just right. thinking about it and, right. and listening isn't great for me on stuff yeah. like that. So, um, so I listened to, um, I tried to listen to like just standards and that didn't, that was just kind of meh too. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it just, it just couldn't be done for, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for uh, a project and do the reading list at the yeah. same time. So um, yeah, I still would love to do that. I still intend on doing it, but mm-hmm. not right as now. long as I'm on the reading list, it's yeah. just not, it's not feasible. So yeah. Yeah. So I think my resolution for last year was just to get a better handle on my reading. I think that was, I, sh- I, didn't go back yes. and listen to last year. So, I, but I'm pretty sure that's what I said is like a better, a better system and stuff for organizing and planning out my reading, which I think I did pretty well on. I would say uh, this year it's hard. You're just getting so many books by the end, and and there is that time element that we just referred to as as you're like just reading as much as possible. So there are always books that kind of slip by that I think, oh, I, I wanted to get to that and I didn't, and wish I had kind of thing. But for the most part, I think I. I did, I did what I wanted to do. You know, I, I yeah. prioritized certain books and made sure to read those, which is my main goal and feeling like I wanted to feel really strongly about my nominations that I had. Like there were certain goals I had in mind specific to the reading list that I feel like um, I did okay on. But yeah, th- that was my main, you know, my main resolution. So um, I think I did okay. I think I, there was, there was always room for improvement on that one. Uh, yeah. Just by, again, by virtue of kind of the, the way the, the reading timeline works, but um, but I think I did all right. You sounded much more relaxed this year, I will say, about uh, like toward the end when you said I've got this many books left to read. It, it, it's felt like in other years you've you've been a little bit more frantic with trying to get everything in, and it seemed like like your planning was was uh, was helping yeah. you out. Yeah. Lot. So in previous years, I made a conscious effort in December not to put a lot of pressure on myself to read because I really love Christmas. And so I always wanted to be able to do Christmassy stuff. I wanted to be able to bake cookies. I wanted to decorate and wrap presents and enjoy the things that I really like about the holidays, spending time with my family and Jeremy's family and things like that. So I very kind of purposely in previous years allowed myself to take a little bit of a break and not feel like I had to be reading as much in December. And then really in January was like, okay, now... I have this number of books that has to get, you know, they have to be read by this date. And so then it was just like every day, it was just, you know, a book, a book, a book, a book. Yeah. And this year I front loaded it a little bit more in December where I was reading pretty intensely in during the like holiday season. Um, so then in January, I knew I would feel confident that I could, I could read, you know, read the number of books I needed to read with some some cushion, um, which yeah. worked out really well because that, that final week um, I had a bunch of stuff going on and did not have much reading time, uh, but I was fine. Like I had, I had plenty of time. So yeah, it, it was more of just a shift versus, I mean, it was planning for sure, but it was just, it was, it's been, it was a choice in either direction. Like in previous right. years, it was right. a choice to put, push the reading to the, to January. And in previous year, in this year, I, I did it in December, basically. So it's just it all it all gets done. It's just a matter of when you do it. So for me, it was this year. I was like, I want I want to feel. I was eager, kind of, to get done. I'll say. So I was yeah. like, let's yeah. just get this done, um, and and be ready because I was the chair of the committee too. So I had some preparation to do for right the actual discussions and things. So anyway, nobody cares about that. So it just it felt it made me feel better to know that I was done with the reading. Or would be done with the reading, well, well in time for the discussion. So right. So yeah. So we've already established you do not have twenty twenty two resolutions. Well, I do because okay. I I want to plan my year better than mm-hmm. than I did this year. So so one of the issues I had this year is, um, as I said earlier, we have to to read the books that we suggest for the committee. Um, 
and all of the books that I suggested were coming out in the second half of the year, I think, mm-hmm. um, almost entirely just because I went off of lists that I was making at work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. And just adding things to the spreadsheet. And so if I were smart, I would have read advanced copies of those books and like gotten a little bit of ha- ahead of, of that that you know 50 books or however many I Mm -hmm. I suggested and I did none of that so instead I was scrambling to read all these books that in the end I didn't feel a lot of um like I was pretty good at at quitting books but but some things I'm like yeah this is kind of on the edge I don't Mm -hmm. know about this and I'd finish things where I'd think that ended up being kind of a waste of my time Mm -hmm. and then there's lots of stuff that I didn't read that I that other people suggested that I would have been more Mm -hmm. um that I was a little bit more excited about to to possibly nominate. And so it just felt like it was a little bit off kilter. Um, I also think I just read too slowly at the beginning of the year and, mm-hmm. and really was trying to finish a lot more books than I uh, that I should have quit. And so um, so there's just things that you 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 can hear lots of advice. We, we've talked mm-hmm. about this, too, that that good advice from other committee members only goes so far as you actually doing them yeah. and so um so I, I want to implement that a little bit better um and just just kind of trying to make it so it isn't as hard when it mm-hmm. when it's the last couple of months because it really was difficult I also had the brilliant plan to take a two and a half week yeah. vacation overseas uh for Christmas so that did not help me in any way right on, right on, uh, my reading plans so it was great and it was worth it, but it was, it was really, really hard when I came mm-hmm. home. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess just, just my resolution is to maybe even write out some of the, mm-hmm. the lessons that I learned or mm-hmm. things I would like to do mm-hmm. differently this year and actually um, implement them. But also mm-hmm. I think writing them out will be really helpful to, so that I can, I can review those and think, okay, where am I in, April am I right am I reading too slowly right right how am I doing so far and what can I adjust at this point yeah so that's that's about it for me (laughs) that's fine that's that's a good one okay so I actually do have some reading resolutions sort of not not huge ones um but I saw an idea on Instagram that I copied because I liked it which was 22 books in 2022 and so you like you pick 22 books that you've wanted to read and you make a commitment to read those. So I did that. Um, I pulled a bunch of books that I own because another one of my resolutions is to read more of the books that I own. I have accumulated (laughs) a lot of books. I had a lot of books coming into this committee experience and now I have many, many more because of the books that we were sent that I never had a chance to read that I decided to keep. One of my resolutions is to try to read more off of the books that I have. Uh, And so I kind of combined them and I did this 20... 22 and 22. Uh, so uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw it. I posted a picture of it uh, just to kind of hold myself accountable and say, you know, these are the books I want to read. And so it was fun to put that list together. Of Some were pretty current. I mean, some had just come out in, towards the end of 2021, and I just hadn't had a chance to read them yet. And some are a little bit older, and they've been sitting around for a while, and I just never got to them. So I think that'll be kind of a fun thing to do. Um, and then... My, I mean, it sounds silly, but my one resolution is sort of just to like read whatever I want after, <laughs> after all these years of, of not having that it's, I'm, I'm trying to avoid getting too caught up in like, I should read that, or I need to read that. It, it, I just sort of like let myself read whatever I want. And then the other thing that I did is I'm posting every, about, um, on Instagram, on an Instagram story, every single book I read, I'm, I'm posting a picture and a rating and a couple of words about each one. So those are kind of my, my, they're not lofty by any means, but those are, those are my reading goals. I'm a big believer in trying to make reading, any sort of reading goal achievable and, and fun. Yeah. I don't want it to feel like work. I love to read so much. I don't want it to turn into homework or, you know, a project that I would dread. So really try to keep it um, something something that's going to feel fun and, and motivating. So those are mine. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing major. Those sound very fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So now let's move into the, our superlatives. Uh, so we can, uh, this is, I love this. I think this is so fun. So we came up with this idea last year. Um, we knew we were doing, we always do our best books of the year. And last year, some of you may recall and have 
had have listened to that episode, but there were some books that weren't necessarily in our top 10, but that were notable for some reason. You know, there's something that made them stand out in our reading year. So we uh, have all these different categories and we each pick books um, or not necessarily books for every category. Um, and, yeah, and uh, and then and talk a little bit about why we why we picked them. So um, we'll just go through them and say a, say a few words about why that book slots into that that category. Um, so let's start Anne, with what was your most timely book of 2021. So as you did a lot of last year I, I doubled up on some things yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is one of them I picked The Night Swim by Megan Golden and The Cost of Knowing by Brittany Morris and The Night Swim um, is about uh, um, basically a, a date rape situation and and someone who was accused of uh, a, a young man who was accused of rape and uh, the woman who's trying to um, seek justice for for her sister and so um, and the, the ramifications of what happens to this young man and the cost of knowing is about two young black men and a vigilante kind of situation um against one of them and if those aren't news stories that we're still just hearing about all the time then unfortunately i don't mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. know uh what, what else we see in the news cycle so um so those those were the two things that came to mind unfortunately that that um that just have stuck with me this year. They mm-hmm. neither of them were were favorite reads of mine by any means, but but they definitely felt very of the moment of of the news stories that we just keep seeing over and over again. And so um, that's kind of a downer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. but that's that's the that's what I yeah. went with. So mine is Ghost by Dolly Alderton, uh, and this was a, kind of like a not a romantic comedy, but sort of seems like it starts out that way. I'll say that. Um, right. And it's about a woman who uh, meets a guy on, she's online dating and she meets a guy online and they hit it off. And then as the, the name, the title would suggest, he ghosts her. Um, but it's about much more than that. It's about her taking care of an ill family member and like all this other stuff and like sort of what she wants out of life. And it just felt very current to me. Like it felt very much something that, is reflective of today you know the online dating part of course but that's online dating has been around for a while so that's not super current but just like the issues that people deal with right now you know living life online and aging parents and like i don't know it just felt very very uh current and like identifiable to me as a as a sort of a timely book there was another book i was trying to think of and then i i sort of gave up searching because i felt like this was the one I wanted to talk about anyway, but there was a book where at the very end, there were mentions of the, of a virus. Like it's, it was a very kind of subtle thing at the end where they, they talk about, which they're clearly talking about COVID, but like they don't call it COVID and it's, it's just a reference to it. And I couldn't remember what book that was, but I, I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing more and more of that because now of course the publishing cycle, we're two years into this, like all these books yeah. that were written during COVID. And then I know Jodi Picot wrote a book and that had something to do with COVID, although I did not read it. Yeah, it, it is very interesting to, to see a lot of books that have been um, purposely set in 2019. Yes, instead of yes, currently in 2020. Yep. Like, you can't, you can't set it currently. You can't say yeah. that this yeah. is not happening, but yeah. it, it seems a little weird. So. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see some of it, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. All right, what was your most disappointing book, Anne? Again, I went with two. <laughs> I picked uh, The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. And that one, I, it got so much buzz. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited for it. And then, and the cover was so awesome. And I love like a locked room kind of situation, mm-hmm. even, even if it's it's a, a entire building that's isolated, not, mm-hmm. just, not just a room. But I, I love that, that premise. But I just found it very, very dull and very... Um, I found the, the main character really, really frustrating. Like, like all the decisions she made were mm-hmm. really frustrating to me. And, and just uh, the ending didn't stick at all. Like everything about it, I kept thinking, you have so much to go with here and, mm-hmm. and nothing is working out. So I was mm-hmm. really bummed out by, by that. And also um, I picked Fresh Brood Murder by Emmeline Duncan. And that is a cozy mystery that's set in Portland in a, um, a food truck pod mm-hmm. um, area. Mm-hmm. And... 
I loved the idea of, of like a youthful and fresh cozy because I, I love cozies, but they are very staid and very right, right. Uh, typical of being like small town that somehow has a young woman in it that um, still acts like an old lady. basically. <laughs> and so I like I loved the idea of this, but the, the book just it was much more about the business and very little about the mystery and maybe if I were a coffee drinker that would have been more interesting to me but I'm not and so although there's another coffee house series Mm -hmm. um, by Cleo Coyle that Mm -hmm. that's really really fun and I don't drink coffee and and I've really enjoyed that one so I don't think it's just that I I think it just there's something about the execution that that didn't work for me so um, but I'd been really really excited for that one and so that was a, a bummer to me. How about you tell me yours. So mine is the final girl support group by Grady Hendrix. And so much of this is expectation. So uh, Grady Hendrix, I haven't loved all of the books I've read by him, but I really did love a Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Is that what that was called? I think so. I think that's what it was called. Anyway, it came out 2020, I think. Um, Anyway, it came out, it was his previous book. And I really liked it. And it had a great combination of humor and action and horror and all I don't know it's just there was a sensibility to it I really liked and so I was really looking forward to this one and I just thought it lacked something it just felt kind of it didn't have really as much humor in it which is what carried me through some of the horror parts of his previous book so I don't know I just I had high expectations and I read it and I was like yeah I don't know this isn't I mean it wasn't bad by any means it was just it was just a disappointment to me yeah so. I, I actually haven't read any of his other books, even yeah. though I, I think I own all of them <laughs> or most of them. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was, I, I read this and I thought I liked this, but it, yeah. it wasn't as like relevatory as I yeah. expected it to be yeah. from, from his reputation. Yeah. Um, but I love the, the conceit of it is such a fun yes. idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just so, execution yeah. just didn't. And again, I think it was just my own pre- perceptions of like what it was going to be and and it um I don't know just didn't meet that for me yeah all right so I know neither of us probably reread very much this year but we (laughs) uh what was your favorite reread so (laughs) it's my only reread and also it's cheating because I never truly finished the book oh that's totally cheating the first time I read it oh oh I see I see see. yeah so I so I read I read half of it in college so I picked Evelina by Frances Burney and I I think I read uh I think I dropped the class I think I Mm -hmm. I ended up um having to drop and so I I read part of it and then just never went back to it so I so I read the whole thing again so that's the only thing I could fit into this this category. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm fine. going with it. That's fine. Um, That's fine. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I really love um, English classics and, mm-hmm. and that time period of the rise of the novel. So, so it was not a a, um, a burden by mm-hmm. any means to to go back and reread this. I I liked it quite a bit. Um, so mine is Tana French, The Likeness. I am Yay. slowly working my way on audio through the Dublin Murder Squad books, which I've read all of them, um, but have not revisited them since I read them the, for the first time. So I noticed, I think, actually, the the first book uh, was my very first book of January of 2021. I think I finished, um, but it was as an audio book. So um, and then but The Likeness is my my all-time favorite of hers, and I re-listened to that, um, and it held up. It was such a it was such a good one. Uh, you know, you have to suspend a whole bunch of disbelief with that premise, but it it's still a standout to me. I really liked it. So yeah, I just yeah, finished. I just a, like a few days ago finished the fourth one in the series. I think so. Working my way through those, it's fun. Nice. That that was supposed to be my. I know. I know two years ago it has to be put on hold even longer yeah uh she'll she'll keep it'll be all right it'll it'll still be good i did read the likeness during that and i and i had the same feeling of Uh. of just like i know the solution i know Uh. i know all the plot points but still have having that feeling of just how good it is and Mm -hmm. how how satisfying it was even without the surprise of anything yeah yeah well and i it's been so long since i read i mean the one i just finished which came out, or which I just finished a few days ago, was the fourth one. And that came out in 2012 that I read that. So, I mean, it's been 10 plus years that, yeah. since I've read a lot of these. So the details, even though I remember some of the plot points and things, a lot of the details ab- about the endings and how they come to be, like those have been surprising still because I just don't recall them. So 
They've been fun. Yeah. It's been fun to, to revisit those. Um, all right. What was your biggest surprise? So <laughs> I have two. One of them is Stealing Home by Cheryl Wood, which I don't understand why I love this series <laughs> so much. I don't get it. This is this is one that I read before I started on the, the reading list. And I picked it because there was a series on Netflix and it just looked like light and charming and that's kind of what I felt like mm-hmm. living in right now and I and I'm just a glutton for punishment with with like I can never just watch something I always have to read the book first and mm-hmm. so I always put off watching things that I, I really want to watch mm-hmm. um so I got this from the library and from the first page I was completely invested in it and I I just loved the read. I loved reading it I don't understand it because it's not it's not my style. It, it is set in South Carolina, in like mm-hmm. small town South, South Carolina, which I do have a lot of um, love in my heart mm-hmm. for, for that part of the world. And so um, that that would explain some of it, but not all of it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so so that's my first one. And then the second one is Mordew by Alex Phoebe. And that's a fantasy novel that's um, I think you picked it up and said, this is a book not for me. Yep, yep, that cover. <laughs> like, Thank the you. cover just, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And it's one that I think I suggested based on the Edelweiss, um, which is a, a the way that librarians get a lot of their advanced copies digitally. Um, is a, It's a website. I, I realize most people probably don't know that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just thought, I need some fantasy novels because I have to nominate some stuff. And this one kind of looks interesting and I just I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it and especially because I listened to it and normally to me that sounds really awful to listen to a very very heavy world building fantasy novel Mm -hmm. but um but I was really entranced through the entire thing it's it's a pretty dark novel it's it's very um focused on class and I guess since that's something I'm interested in in regular life Mm -hmm. that sort of helped me out but um yeah, it was. I I was I was there for it. I I it like has a very Dickens feeling to it, and so I think that that kind of helped too to to make it feel a little mm-hmm, bit grounded in mm-hmm. the real world. And, and we've discussed that that's that's sort of our entry point on um, fantasy for mm-hmm. both of us. So so that was a big surprise to me. Other uh, people did not like it. No, as much. other people did not like that as much. But well, I but, don't know that they didn't like it. I think that there were some questions about kind of where it fit. But yeah. Um, okay, so for me, I also have two. Um, the first one is Red Widow by Alma Katsu, which I really, really, really enjoyed. It's a spy novel, but not the way I think of spy novels usually. Um, and part of the reason it was such a surprise to me is because the other books I've read by Alma Katsu are uh, horror. And so I picked this up thinking it was going to have still that kind of um, flavor to it. And it doesn't. It's a very straightforward story of uh, women in the CIA. So I thought it was excellent. Like I, I really, it was, it's one of my books that really stands out to me um, that I read that last year that I would never have picked up um, other than for the committee. Um, so I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. And then the other one was Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutato. Um, and this was a surprise to me. Not that I didn't think I was going to like it, but I have a friend who read it who didn't like it at all. Um, and her taste and my taste overlap enough that because she had such a strong negative reaction to it, I was like, I don't know that I'm going to like this. And I thought it was delightful. Like it's, it's <laughs> wacky. It's, it's like a caper kind of, th- yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very cinematic. You can picture it as a movie or a TV show. Like it's just, it's kind of, it's like, it's just funny. Um, and, and I read it on an airplane and I really enjoyed it. It was perfect plane reading. And so that was a surprise to me because I, I thought it was going to be a, a, something that I had, maybe more of an ambivalent reaction to. And then I was just yeah. like, oh, this is fun. Like, this is great. And I could totally see it on TV, you know. And so it was it was really enjoyable. So those are my two surprises. I think I'll, I, I had a kind of mixed feelings about that one. And I think I, I think I will love it because it is, it's optioned, right? Right. It's yeah, 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 it is. So. Yeah, it's not op- option for Netflix, I think. Oh, cool. Um, and I think I'll absolutely love it in that form. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I can see why somebody wouldn't like it. I'll say that. But for me... It was like a very fluffy, pleasant, like read. I don't know. It was just yeah, silly almost. And I think or, you maybe know. for me, I had super high expectations. Right, and, and yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, so like yeah. we came at it from opposite ways. Yeah. Um, okay, so then uh, 
I don't like to dwell on the bad stuff. But what was your least favorite? Um, I picked a book called For the Love of April French by Penny Ames. And this is one that we discussed really heavily in the committee. Um, It's so I will start. I'll start out by saying this is not a book for me, but Mm -hmm. there are many books that are not for me that I didn't pick for this Mm -hmm. um, least favorite. I think the word I used for you or to you is that it it made me feel like the prudiest prude ever pruded because it's it's very Very explicit, explicit, yeah. Yeah. And it's about um, the kink world and about um, you know lots of lots of things that I'm not very familiar with, Uh and so uh um, so that that could have just been fine that it just wasn't wasn't a book for me but it's the way that it was written was just so frustrating to me because it's it's a romance novel that is about a a man and a trans woman mm-hmm. and and it is it's truly a romance but the the way that it's written is that you you see all of this through one person's eyes and then and it goes through maybe six months of time and then it switches to the other person for that six months of time. And so you you have the exact same story just told from two different perspectives. And that's done a lot in romance where you kind of get two perspectives, but it shifts back and forth quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I find totally fine. But having that long stretch of, of, of one story and then to rehash the entire thing um, for another long stretch, I, I just was very, very bored by it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it was a pretty big disappointment because even if it's not a book for me, I still liked the inclusivity of mm-hmm, it. I liked mm-hmm. that it was a book that's um, that was covering things that even if it's it's not my style, it's it was making things romantic that are normally seen as taboo. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that that existed in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the execution was just a bummer to me. So I unfortunately have to say that yeah yeah I had similar I don't think my feelings were quite as strong as yours but I had similar feelings about that book um certainly opened my eyes to some lifestyle things that I wasn't aware of before yes (laughs) uh so mine was Death at Greenway by Lori Rader Day this was just I mean this could have gone under biggest disappointment well not well I don't know anyway it was just boring. Like, it was just it such was really a boring, boring book, I thought. Like, there was so much potential, and it's it's a historical mystery and it has connections to um, Agatha Christie, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it has connections to Agatha Christie, and so it's, it's just got so much potential, and then it was just boring. I remember listening at one point, like, when are they going to get to like the mystery? Like, I don't know. It just, it just was. Yeah. So it was, I I hate to say that because um, I respect authors and all the work that goes into books. But for me, this just missed it. Like it just wasn't, wasn't very compelling. It feels like it could have also been an issue with the marketing because it, it's not, it's not really a mystery. No, and right. There's yeah, I think not that really was... much to do with Agatha yeah. Christie. Yeah. Either. And yeah. both of those are really heavily pushed on yeah. the, the, um, the back description uh-huh. of it. And so, so I, I had the same experience where I was, I was listening and I, I kept thinking, this is just a war story. Yeah. 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 So, so and I usually cool. like that kind of thing. Like, you know, I know everybody else is over world war two stuff. I'll still like read stuff. I don't know. Like I still like that sort of thing, but I don't know. It just, yeah. It just missed the mark for me. Yeah. Um, all right. What was your best distraction? I picked cackle by Rachel Harrison and this is a book that I read just after I had surgery on my ankle and I read some other books during this time that I really, really loved, but I could tell that they were uh, a little heavy mm-hmm. for, for what I was going through mm-hmm. and what my um, uh, attention span could handle. Mm-hmm. And then I picked this up and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so happy to be reading this because it's just, it's like a kind of, hocus pocus level of horror so mm-hmm. so not very heavy um and it it's set in this very idealized town and and it it is that way because there's a witch that lives in the town and and is making it be that way and so to have like that perfect i think it's set in vermont i want to say to have that like perfect um new england town that i've i've dreamed of living in my whole life and and everyone knows that it can't truly exist and and as they're living in it they know it can't exist Mm -hmm. but they still are like reaping the benefits of that Mm -hmm. i i I just found it completely enthralling to to sort of exist in that space so Mm -hmm. it's it went down extremely easy and i was super grateful for it in that moment 
I actually was just just sorting my books today because I'm trying to reorganize my bookshelves to incorporate all these new books. And I came across that one and I kept it because I know how much you liked it. And so I was putting yeah. it on my shelf like, oh, I want to read this one. Yeah, it's um, pretty fun. Uh, okay, so my my distraction is Life's Too Short by Abby Jimenez and or Jimenez. I can't recall a specific reason why I needed a distraction or anything, um, but I remember I was sitting outside on a spring day reading this book, and it was like this beautiful day, and I just gobbled it up. Like I just, you know, it was one of those books where even though I was, as I was reading, I could see, because when you read for the, any award, I'm assuming, you sort of like, are really paying attention to what might be considered a flaw or, you know, like a negative about the book as well as the positives about the book. And so even though I was reading thinking, oh, this book, like other people would kind of pick apart, I think I so thoroughly enjoyed it and was such a good, like, mental break from life kind of thing, you know, like I just yeah. got sucked into it. It was a story I thoroughly enjoyed reading. It made me smile. It made me happy at the end. Like it was just a perfect kind of escape read. And so uh, that to me provides a great distraction, that kind of book. Um, so that was mine. Um, all right. What did you have a book that ended uh, any kind of reading slump, mini reading slump? Um, so I counted this because because you don't have a chance to have a reading slump when you're you're on this committee but I did have a string of books that um that were just very lackluster for me and mm -hmm. they were books that I had to read because I had suggested them and mm -hmm. then I got to mom jeans and other mistakes by Alexa, Alexa Martin and it was just a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. so I um haven't read her romances um and this is this is more of a relationship fiction book that's about two friends and and the um the choices that they made to to sort of get them where they are in their lives and and they end up living together and um the issues that come from that and and it just was was completely um um like captivating mm -hmm. it, 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 it in the way that other books were sort of me just turning pages this one i actually wanted to keep going and and wanted to find out what happened to these characters and um yeah it made me really want to go back and read her romances too because because mm -hmm. she's um she writes good characters and mm -hmm. they're really engaging and and but still has it has a very light and fluffy feeling mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. it um but but not completely um she's still dealing with some real issues that that happen to these people so um so that was it for me how about you yeah so i have read some of her romances and i like them quite a lot so i would suggest those okay. too. um for me it was the paper palace by miranda cowley heller which i've already talked about in our favorite books of the year episode um so similarly, I was reading a bunch of books that were fine. It wasn't really a slump, but it was just sort of a fine period of reading. You know, nothing was like jumping out at me as being great. And then I read this knowing that it most likely was not something that we would consider for our, the awards that we do, but still wanting to read it. And I just couldn't put it down. It like reignited kind of like, oh my gosh, this is like what happens when you love a book. You know, you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to stop reading and, and you want to find out what happens next and all this stuff. And you care about the characters. And so that to me was, it, again, it wasn't the same as you, it wasn't really a slump, but it was definitely just a sort of like ho-hum period that, that, that kind of sparked me again. So that was a good one. All right. Did you read anything this year that was like a better late than never kind of book where you you missed it when it was first out and now you got a chance to do it. I did. I don't know if I missed it, but I had never read A Man Called Ova by Frederick Bachman. And I listened to it at the very beginning of this year. And it was a delight. It's so delightful. No Such one was good... making that up. <laughs> it is very delightful. Yep. I actually had planned on putting it on my, my top uh, my 10 best of the year because yeah. I, I really, really loved it. It it wasn't nearly as saccharine as I mm -mm. had in my head, which mm -hmm. I know people had said to me, but I, I just didn't. I, I, that's just what the impression I had yeah. going into it. And then it's it's really a dark book in a lot uh -huh. of ways. Yeah. So, yeah, it opens um, with them planning a suicide. Right. And yeah. so so it was just it was very, very fun and and but also very um, meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I was really happy I finally got to it. Well, yeah, that makes me happy. That makes me happy. I I really loved that book, as so many people did, and have really enjoyed many of his other ones, too. So that's awesome. Yeah. So mine was 
um, more of a, a, an author that I'm late to than, than a specific title. Uh, Jason Reynolds, I listened to Long Way Down this year. Um, and Jason yes. Reynolds is somebody I've been wanting to read for a while, but I just hadn't gotten to it. Um, and he writes young adult novels, and so it just hadn't crossed my path. But uh, I'm, I'm happy that I got to it. it. It exceeded my expectations, even though I had high expectations. It was a book I really, really loved. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that I finally got a chance to read him. I'll certainly be reading more of him, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, when, I, when I listened to that one, I just started it over. Yeah, because it's, it's so short. Yeah, it's yeah. so short. Yeah, it, it's so good. So good. Um, That's our, fun that we got to that we each did like books the other one loves. I know. Yeah, you're right. I didn't know. Another. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah. Um, all right, what book has stayed with you? Um, I picked Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason mm-hmm. as number one, which um, we talked about pretty extensively on mm-hmm. the last episode. So I don't really need to go too into that. But I think about it all the time. I love it. I haven't stop shutting up about it all, all year so um um so I'm glad I'm especially glad to you because that was the one that you nominated uh-huh. and so I I don't know that I would have gotten to it otherwise but I loved it um and then the other book I picked is Last Night at the Telegraph Club by mm-hmm. Melinda Lowe and that is a YA novel that um actually won the National Book Award mm-hmm. for for young adult literature um and I think was a Prince Honor mm-hmm. last week too um and it's it's a historical novel that takes place in um, I want to say 1960s San mm-hmm. Francisco and deals with um, a, a young woman who is Chinese American and and um, sort of grappling with her her family's expectations for her while also realizing that she's attracted to girls and so um, it it just was all it, sometimes I feel like like books can like young adult books can kind of bite off more than they can chew mm-hmm. and, and they're trying to do too much and this one I just thought really nailed it really mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. um and it's one that that even though it wasn't my favorite of the year for for the prince it's one that that really stuck in my head for mm-hmm. the entire year that I wanted to make sure I included on my my uh, short list for mm-hmm. my book club when we voted on that mm-hmm. so I would I would definitely recommend that one and do you want to take a minute to revel in what did win the prince award I'll talk about that later. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, so my book that stayed with me was Take It Back by Kia Abdullah. Uh, this is a thriller, sort of a legal thriller about a young woman who accuses uh, four, I think, four young men of rape. And it is a very difficult subject matter to read about. I'll say that. But it was gripping. It was so gripping. And it has stuck with me. There's a lot. It's one of those books that would be great to read in a book club if you have a book club that's willing to read about harder things like like that topic. Uh, Because I think there's so much to talk about as far as uh, assumptions people make about each other. Um, The boys are... Muslim, the girl has a physical deformity, and so there's a lot of public perception about motivation or lack thereof, or I don't know. It's very, very complicated, um, and so it is. A, it's a book I keep thinking about long after I finished it, and that I keep thinking I want people to read because I want to talk about it. <laughs> I want I want to talk uh, to other people about it, and I just think it's a book that. It's a hard one to recommend because of the subject matter, I would say, but it's one that uh, it was very gripping. All right, what was a book that you thought you weren't going to like, but then you did? Um, so I included Red Widow. Oh, yeah. Um, because I definitely put that aside as something I didn't want to touch because mm-hmm. it just, I, I don't enjoy a lot of um, spy thrillers yeah I, I like them in theory but in in execution i i don't enjoy that that kind of thriller very much um and this one was just so smart and it mm-hmm. had uh it's it's very female centered and mm-hmm. and talks a lot about um what it is to be a woman in in the cia mm-hmm. and um it's also really set in the real world of espionage mm-hmm. versus the like James Bond world. world yeah 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 and I just I really enjoyed that aspect of it I, I thought it was much more enthralling than than like chases right so um so I, I, I was really shocked when it, it was one that was nominated for our, our committee and I thought oh gosh I have to read that book and then I ended up really really loving it so I was excited about that and then I also picked Day Zero by C. Robert Cargill and that's a sci-fi novel that is um 
sort of post-apocalyptic um, um, scenario where there are um, mechanized assistants, I guess, that, that help families that look like stuffed animals, basically. Mm-hmm. And I heard lots of great things about it, but I'm not a sci-fi reader. Right. <laughs> so I just thought, yeah, this is this will be fine. But I found it really moving, and, and the ending is is really beautiful. And, and I was um, very surprised by how invested I was in it. Mm-hmm. So um, here's to sci-fi that <laughs> takes us by surprise right that's never gonna be mine too leading into something. leading into yeah so yeah. i my, could have picked yours too as yeah, well for, yeah for so me. i have two uh one day this will all be yours by adrian tchaikovsky so i have now had to read two other adrian tchaikovsky books <laughs> for this committee they are both they were both about 800 pages long and pure torture to me as a non-sci-fi reader and i made that well known every time we had to talk about them so when I saw that I was going to have to read a third Adrian Tchaikovsky book, by the way, one of these was just six months ago that I had to read. So it hadn't been that long since I'd read the most recent 800-page yeah. book. I was like, oh, no, please tell me. No, this I do not have to do this. And imagine my joy when I went to the <laughs> library to get it. And it was like... 100 pages it was so small you could barely find it on the shelf it was so small so okay so in all seriousness though it is a delightful book it is so funny and smart and plays with a lot of the like end of the world kind of tropes that you find in Mm sci-fi i just thought it was fantastic yeah thought-provoking yeah Yeah, it was just great so yes and it was short which i appreciated and it was perfectly (laughs) it was the perfect length it didn't need to be longer it would have been too much if it were longer like it was just perfect um, right. And then the other one was Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. I'm going to guess is how you pronounce the author's name. Uh, and this one is sort of a sci-fi fantasy blend. It's it, it's hard to really categorize it as one or the other. Um, I think I talked about it on another, another episode. Oh, you did. You did. I'm sorry. You did. So I don't need to talk about it. It was just one of those I didn't think was going to appeal to me. And then I ended up fi- finding it a really, really lovely, lovely yeah. book. I really liked it. Um, I just thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was lovely. Um, I'm eager to read more from that author as well. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I think you put yours down first, and I, I had plenty to pick from yeah. that surprised me this year. And um, But yours are definitely two that I, yeah. I had up there really high mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, all right, did you discover any author in 2021 that you're really excited to read more from in 2022? So many. Oh, yay. <laughs> um. So I listed Emily Henry, which she is not my discovery. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't say discovery on any of these. I, I'm probably the last person to read Emily Henry. Uh, but um, but I read uh, People We Meet, Met? Meet people We vacation. Meet on Vacation, yeah. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I finished it after we recorded our favorites of the year list. Yeah. And, because I definitely would have had it in my top 10. Although I don't know what I would have taken off. Um, eh. I can think of some stuff I probably would have knocked down, but I just, I would thought it was so delightful. It's the exact kind of romance that I enjoy reading where I feel like the, the characters have a really strong bond. And so maybe, maybe friends to lovers is my, my romance trope Mm -hmm. Um, because, because they, they felt like they had a really, really well established and known um, history between them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I just love the writing style. I, I just wanted to go back and read all of her books and I had no time to do that, but I really loved that. Um, and then I read a few books, uh, I guess two books by Nevo. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote The Chosen and the Beautiful and um, a novella called When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain. And they just, her writing is just so beautiful and so um, lush. And so, um, I'm really excited to get in, into more of her books. I'm, I'm not a huge fantasy reader, but this is this is the kind that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, then I read a book by Camilla Steen um, called The Lost Village mm-hmm. that I just thought was a really fun um, horror novel that's mm-hmm. kind of light horror, but I, I, I you know, she, it's set in Sweden. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I like Scandinavia. It doesn't take a lot for me to, yeah. to be on board with that. Um, and then I also listed Gus Moreno, who wrote... Um, uh, this thing between us that was mm-hmm. in my top 10 mm-hmm. and I just thought what he did with horror was was really really cool and really thought-provoking and so um, I'm excited I don't know if he has any more books coming out immediately but I'm hoping he does because mm-hmm. I I'm sure I will love them 
so those are those are all good ones. Emily Henry, I had read Beach Read, so I but I I really liked People We Meet on Vacation as well. Um, okay, so mine are Kate Claiborne, who I I believe. No, I don't remember. So I read Love Lettering very early on in the year and just adored it. It's such a such a great romance. Um, it's so good. Um, and and then I read the next one, which now I'm blanking on the name. Um, uh, I read her follow up, and then at first sight, it's something like that. Love at first. Yeah. I don't remember. I really liked both of those. Love Lettering's my favorite of the two that I've read. Um, but she has a whole backlist that I'm eager to, oh, to be able to read. Um, and then, of course, any future books that she comes out with. Um, Nathan Harris, who wrote The Sweetness of Water, which we, I talked about in my favorite books of the year. I just thought what he did was um, so beautifully done. It was such a such a beautifully written book. And the characters um, were so well-developed. And, and I just really, really liked that book. And it was his debut, which is really impressive. So I'm, I'm eager to see what he has next. I don't know that he's likely to come out with a book in 2022. So we'll just say in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Meg Mason, who wrote Sorrow and Bliss. I'm, yes. I'm eager to see what, what she writes next um, because I really, really liked that one too. So yeah, um, there are a lot of authors actually I could have added here. I, there were quite a few authors that I discovered that if they have backlist, I will be seeking out or I'll be eager to read whatever they come out with next. Yeah, this this was maybe the hardest um, yeah. category to yeah. whittle down, yeah. which is yeah. why we have so many. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so this one is a fun category, I think. What was your favorite non-book media thing of the year? Um, so first, the, the thing I talked about the most, I would say, is a show on Netflix called The Taco Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And it's... Uh, documentary series it's like half hour episodes about all the tacos of mexico <laughs> and it's narrated by the taco <laughs> so so you have pastor telling the story of pastor right it's it's so much fun i didn't shut up about this series all year and i had a coworker who recommended it to me i think she she actually um she came over to sit with me right after I got out of surgery because mm -hmm. the, the friend that was with me in surgery had to go uh, do something. And so this, this coworker came over and she um, said, what do you want to do? Like, like I couldn't talk a whole lot. And I, and she said, I've had this show that I've been watching and I was hooked so hard. <laughs> and so it makes you super hungry because you're going to see the greatest tacos you've ever seen in your life. Mm -hmm. And, and it goes, it goes to all these different regions of Mexico and it talks about the high end of, of that version of that taco and then the low end of it. And it's, it, it's photographed beautifully. And it just was, I've recommended it so many times to people. Um, and there's two seasons of it. So, so there's a lot to get through. And um, I think you should just make sure you are uh, aware of what you're going to be buying for the next <laughs> two weeks or however long it takes you to get through this because you're going to eat a lot of tacos um, and then the second one I have is actually for both of us and actually your your second one is one I wish I had thought yeah. of as well um, but I put White Lotus which I watched at the very end of the year when mm -hmm. I was visiting my brother um, and it was just so so engaging yeah it's, it, like I, I watched it kind of later than when it, it came out over the summer or early fall I guess and so I was watching it several months later and I and I just was like every night we were, we're doing Christmas things all day mm. and and hanging out with his kids and it was sort of like I want to get to the end of the, the evening so that we can put everyone to bed and watch another episode of The White Lotus because you're just dying to see how this yeah. all is going to come about yeah. and, and I, I've said before I love I love uh stories about rich people doing dumb things yeah. and class horrible and, rich and people they're all horrible horrible, horrible rich people yeah <laughs> um and so so seeing how and the the narrative structure of it is really fun because you sort of start out knowing kind of what's happened mm -hmm. but you have to see how it gets there and who's involved with the thing right, that happens right, and so right. um so just having that lead up and and watching it all unfold was so satisfying so so um what else can you can you add anything? No, to I mean that's fine. I mean, the, the thing, no, 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 the thing that was so interesting to me about White Lotus is I was never a hundred percent sure that I actually liked it, but it was like yeah. <laughs> I couldn't wait to watch it every day, and um, yeah. it was so beautifully shot, and like the clothes that everybody's wearing, is, you know, it's like all so perfectly done. Like you know, there is somebody, you know, 
making every single choice of what you're seeing on the screen, which I'm sure is always true on TV shows, but on, for some reason on that TV show, it was very clear to me that that's what was happening. Um, but yeah, I was just, yeah, it was like one of those shows that I, again, couldn't wait each night like to watch another episode of it. So even though they're all awful, awful people. Um, yeah. And then my other one is Only Murders in the Building, which was yes. so wonderful um, and such a kind of fun surprise. I don't know. It just it, it was a fun nod to like all the true crime podcasts that everybody's always listening to and talking about. And um Great characters, great acting. It was that was a fun one. I thought I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that I didn't remember that one. Yeah, because um, I I watched it and then two weeks later I went on vacation with my sister and we and sh- and I showed it to her, and I never rewatch things that quickly. That's mm-hmm. that's just not something I enjoy doing. And I was completely on board for it because the interiors are all yeah. so beautiful yeah. and and varied, and the show is so funny, and so it's it's hitting all these like. I love I love beautiful rooms. Mm-hmm. I love funny things. I love murder. Yeah, so, <laughs> it really worked for me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good one. Um, okay, and then uh, last category. What was the book you recommended the most this year? I could have answered this for you. Yeah, no surprise. Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. I never shut up about this book. People, I think, were sick of me talking about it, and I don't care because. It was so great and it deserved all the attention it could possibly get, which thankfully it did get a lot. Um, it was a Reese pick and it just um, a couple of days ago won the uh, Prince Award for Best YA Book of the Year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't cry, but I wanted to cry because I was just so thrilled that this was getting getting what it deserves. It's, it's a fantastic book. So um, yeah, I wish we'd been able to, to talk about it uh, mm-hmm. in more length like we'd planned but I mm-hmm. think that I'm I'm okay with people knowing about it and yeah. being excited about it too um, so this was a hard category for me I did not have a clear one like what you did or what last year my was House of the Cerulean Sea there was no question about oh, yeah. um, I feel like I had a few different books that I recommended a, a lot but it was always dependent on like who I was talking to kind of thing um, yeah. and so when I thought I thought well the Gunkle I think um, by Stephen Raleigh, The Gunkle, which we talked about in our favorite books. I, I think I probably recommended that one the most. Basically, everything that was in my favorite books, I recommended to people over and over again. Um, but The mm-hmm. Gunkle felt, that when I thought about it, The Gunkle was one that felt the most crowd-pleasing of my book recommendations that I would have made throughout the year. Uh, so I think so. I think that's, that's the one, which I recommend yeah. to all of you, too. It was a delight. <laughs> um okay so that's it for our, our superlatives for 2021 such a fun such Yay. a fun thing to record okay we'll be yeah. right back with what we're reading this week okay and what are you reading this week i'm reading a book that no one knows about called a promised land by Barack <laughs> obama an unknown and... author yes <laughs> real real diamond in the rough brought that Barack Obama um I'm listening to this and um I mean what do you say about a memoir like this mm-hmm. I I'm very impressed by it um, I don't tend to love political memoirs a, a lot because I first of all they can be very pandering to mm-hmm. the person themselves and that that I just don't care about um and they also can be really detailed about people, like all the people that whoever worked for them and, and just can be a list of, of names that I, I'm not terribly interested in. And this has a little bit of, of the naming of, of people, but not not as much as I was afraid of. It's really engaging. And mm-hmm. he um, he talks about it in the beginning, how he tried to write a, a one volume book and it just kept getting longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And it totally makes sense why, because there's just so many factors to his presidency that... Mm-hmm. Uh, other presidents were not grappling with and so um so when he's getting into race and um sort of his 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 identity of being from from multiple worlds it's it's really fascinating the way that he he puts all of that together um right now i'm at the part where he has just secured the democratic nomination and Mm -hmm. he's um hasn't become president yet and um he's reflecting on some of the things that he um utilized to become president and and how the internet still was even though it had been around for 
over a decade at mm-hmm. that point, it still wasn't being used in the way that we know it now, which um, I kind of hadn't thought about because I was, you know, using the internet right, right, right during that time. But but just things have changed so rapidly in that time. And so he he talks about how the sort of groundswell of support for him from all these corners of of the country that mm-hmm. um, hadn't necessarily existed before that right um how how amazing that was but that's also the same the same mechanics that brought about the trump presidency Mm -hmm. and so just sort of recognizing those those um uh dichotomies is Mm -hmm. is really fascinating to to hear about so um he's a fantastic narrator too he's Mm -hmm. he's really um Mm self-deprecating in his tone at certain times and 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 it could be very dry and he makes it never dry mm-hmm. so um i i would recommend it i like it a lot and that is a promised land by barack obama all right so what i'm reading is the ensemble by asia asia gable and i just started this last night we uh had gone out and got home and i always have to read before bed but i was very tired so i think i may be 30 pages into this i am not very far <laughs> into this um but i'll tell you what i know so far it's about so it opens with four young musicians performing together and they're a little shaky as performers but it's clear that they show some promise based on some things that are said to them and so they agree to become a quartet moving forward instead of pursuing solo careers Um, and so then from my understanding of the description of the book it will follow them over many years so you can see the way their relationships evolve and their career careers evolve as they are this group together um so this is one that's been on my to read pile for a while or to read list i don't physically own it um and i i just love stories like this about particularly childhood friends or people that know each other in childhood who have some sort of bond and then as they move into adulthood how that changes or how that impacts what their relationships look like as adults Um, And I also really like books about people in any sort of creative field. I'm not a very Mm -hmm. creative person by nature. And so any sort of like art of any kind is is interesting to me. And so so as I said, this is a book I've been thinking about uh, reading for a long time. I think it came out in 2018. Um, but the reason I'm picking it up now is because there's a podcast I listen to that I've referred many to referred to many times called From the Front Porch, and they do an episode once a month, I believe, called Literary Therapy, where you can send in a question and they'll answer it. So last month I sent it a question, and my question <gasps> was, I have been on this awards committee for four years. I'm about to come off in January, and. I'm sort of overwhelmed, overwhelmed by choice, pretty much. You know, I have all these um, options of what I can read, and I'm sure there are books that I kind of missed in this four years where I was focused on genre reading. Uh, so I asked the host of this this show, um, Annie B. Jones, who owns a bookstore, uh, what she would recommend and like how she would approach it. And so she answered, and she had this great answer, and um, we can link to the. I'll I'll provide Anne with the episode so we can link to it if people want to listen. Um, But she had this great answer. And one of the things she suggested was because I had missed out kind of on four years of um, literary fiction and, you know, nonfiction and all these kinds of books because of uh, the genre reading I did, uh, she suggested I read in each quarter of 2022, one of the years that I missed. Um, And so it was like, she suggested three books from 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021 that she thought maybe I would have missed and that were kind of the, the, standout books to her or when she looked back at her her reading for those years the ones that she would say you should go read this and so the ensemble was one of them so i i went ahead and picked it up uh, i know and so it, so far i'm really liking it i'm eager to see where it goes i think it's going to be one that i end up liking quite a bit um, but i thought that was kind of fun and i've written down all the other ones that she suggested i had read a couple of them um that she suggested a couple i had done on audio and things but um but the majority of them i have not read so i'm excited to read all of her suggestions Um, So that is The Ensemble by Asia Gable. All right, well, I don't think we need to list off all the books we talked about since we talked about a whole bunch of books and that was the whole episode. (laughs) So, but happy uh, new year. I know we're kind of late into January to be saying that, but it is our first episode back 
after the holidays. So happy new year to everybody. Um, this is, this is such a fun thing to do. I, I think we're going to have a good 2022 reading year. Um, if you want to reach out to us to tell us uh, some suggestions for what you'd like to hear from us in 2022, um, that is one of my resolutions. Secretly, I haven't shared with Anne that we're a little bit more consistent about recording in 2022. <laughs> uh, we Our schedules just did not work in our favor in 2021, but no, hopefully we'll be able to, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to be a little bit more consistent. Um, but you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at wellreadpodcast. Um, share with us maybe what some of your superlatives are or what you'd like to hear from us in 2022. Um, please rate and review us if, if you could. It helps people find the show um, however you find podcasts. That's a great way to support us. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode as well as some of the other things we talked about that were not books. Um, thank you all for listening and happy new